Out of the podcast. Mate, I've just been looking, yeah. You know the old Winchester City forums? Yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> they were your favourite, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just on the, the forum, the old Winchester forum, still going somehow. One of the topics on here, talking about when your dad took over the, the club, someone on here, very rude, but this is what it says. Oh, okay, now Paul McCarthy's taken over the club. We're going to have to part of his son playing every week. He's bog standard, Sunday league at best. You wouldn't even see him getting my five-a-side team for Sainsbury. Fucking hell, what are you saying about that? Um, I'd like to apologise um, for everyone I upset uh, on behalf of my dad for giving his son a chance to play in a decent side. But I'm the one who came away with the Wessex Prem medal, and I? Anyway, enough about that. Episode two of Up the Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, today we got an absolute class guest. Uh, just to give you an idea of uh, his playing career, he's had a total of 237 appearances at professional clubs such as Brighton and Hove Albion, Gillingham FC, Tottenham Hotspurs and Portsmouth Football Club. And then he'd done the rounds in the non-league, uh, non-league circuit. It's uh, Guy Butters. Guy, how are you, mate? All right, thank you. Yeah, you've done me a bit short on them games there, didn't you? 200 odd, so that's 672. Listen, mate, I'm only going off transfer market, so don't have a go at me, have a go at the website. Let's put it one club. <laughs> all right, so I got it wrong. So, Butts had about 300 appearances, all right? I'll get that right. <laughs> hey, how you doing, though, pal? You all right? Yeah, I'm right, thank you. He said more like 600, didn't he? <laughs> that's the good. thing, it's difficult to find these stats. Good, good research, Nido. Come well done, mate. Yeah, well, I'm only going on this, this transfer market, so I'm no longer going to use this one. <laughs> yeah, dodgy, that That's very probably dodgy. we probably should have just asked Butts himself, shouldn't we? And gone, you want to give us your stats? You probably know, yeah, him, mate. He's, he's probably right. know him better than some random website does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 672 games, mate. Yeah, is that in yeah. league, league football? Yeah, yeah, league and cup. Yeah, I mean, do you know, um, do you know who those um stats were for? Like how many for each club or whatever? I think it was about 40 at Tottenham. I think there was about went to Portsmouth <laughs> and done about 190. I think. About two hundred and something odd at Gillingham and two hundred and something odd at Brighton. But Pompey, about hundred eighty nine, I think it was hundred ninety. Oh really? But so I'm, I, I'm not calling you a liar, mate. But transfer <laughs> market got you down. It's two appearances for Pompey and five appearances for Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Go and uh, look on Wikipedia because I've written that as well. So <laughs> you're a World Cup winner on there as well, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah, uh, Virgil Van Dijk out of defence. <laughs> great so um but what, what another was... great intro from us yeah exactly yeah just re- <laughs> fuck the old thing up to begin with but like you say raw no one's listening anyway um <laughs> so let's have a bit of a, an idea of the career you had but so you started off at tottenham yeah as yeah. an apprentice is that right yeah i was a little boy grew up in west london so um when when you sort of I played for like my local um, county and borough and all that sort of stuff. And when I was about 11, um, I saw my, we was going back to the car and I saw my mum and dad get approached by a little old bloke <laughs> over a park. Sounds a bit ominous, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And it, he turned out he's a scout at Tottenham. Yeah. And he just uh, said, like, we'd like to get you down one day a week just to train on a Monday night, I think it was. And then, uh, so I used to have to go from one side of London to the other. After after school, me, I managed to get out of work early and that give me a lift over there. And then you sort of do that for a, for a couple of years until you get to 14. And then, you know, like you play Sunday football with your mates, like Tyro League or whatever it is down here. Um, you get to 14 and they offer you schoolboy form. So you have to give that sort of Tyro League football up and play for Tottenham on a Sunday. And you do that for two years. And then until you start to leave school. And then I got, found out that it was taking me on as apprentice. £27.30 a week I was on. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so, so football's changed. Um, and then it went up, to, that right, then, it went though, up yeah. to 35 quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was rich. But yeah, then you do that for two years, like you say. Well, even my first, I remember my first days being apprentice. Uh, David Pleat had just taken over the first team, and he weren't there. He was an holiday, so he's assistant manager. Got all the pro, all the pros and all the apprentices into the lounge. You started talking about discipline and that, 
and he said, uh, you know, discipline off the as well as on it. And he said, for example, and pointed at me, made me stand up, slapped me full round the face, proper slap with his hand round my face. That? And then I staggered back in that and he went, that's brilliant. No retaliation. Sit down. <laughs> so everyone's, everyone's wetting themselves laughing. That was my first day. I'm thinking, what am I doing? That'd be all over the news these days, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. But that's what you get right, away with that. Yeah, it's, that's it'd what it's like. He'd be going to jail, mate. He'd be getting cancelled straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it was That'd like, be a mate. movement for that. And then, um, so yeah, so we're going out doing a warm-up. And you know when you do that sort of running in and out of each other, you know, just to get your legs going. Everyone's pissing themselves laughing when they come up to me because they've got a big red hand print on your face. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, done that for two years. Then like you so said, like David made, Bowie. Yeah, get made pro. And then, um, so that's another one as well. But they, they tell you to go and see the manager. By that time, Terry Venables are taken over. Well, they go back to the ground and sort of, you know, knock on the door and that, and he, you go in, and I, I'd done the worst, wimpiest handshake ever. It was like the worst <laughs> handshake ever. And he went, "What the fuck is that?" He a went, "Wet fish." Yeah, he went, "Get out!" He went, "Get out!" Do a pop, do a pop handshake when you come back in. <laughs> I went, oh shit! You know, first impressions. So I got out, knocked on the door, and there's no answer. <laughs> like the knock again, no answer. <laughs> and on the third knock, he went, "Come in." <laughs> So I didn't, when I, I literally nearly shook his hand off, do you know what I mean? Like proper gripped it and that. And he went, that's better. Don't fucking ever shake my hand like that again. You hear a lot of stories about how the uh, the first team used to deal with the apprentices. I mean, you hear that they used to get absolutely terrorised. That sort of that sort of thing did you go through? Uh, yeah, not through. Not, I mean, certain people did. Just by the manager, people, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah certain Just people, getting slapped certain about every now and then. Yeah, but I mean, it was not, you know, depends who you got, because you got designated a couple of people's boots to clean. So I had Aussie Ardelis, which was about size three, so they didn't take too much cleaning. And a bloke <laughs> called Paul Miller who had size 12, so that was like one extreme to the other. But um, some people, depends who you had, some people just got to go, you know, just as long as they're not caked in mud, you know, not too bad. Others wanted them absolutely spotless so you see you facing them. But it was silly yeah. little things like, go and, get me a, go and get me a cup of tea and that, you know, and then so you go and get a cup of tea and they'll, you bring it back to them and they spit it out and go, that's fucking horrible, go and get me another one. And then, <laughs> then you go and get another one. But after a while, you learn, you literally go out the room with the same cup of tea, just stand there for 20 seconds, go back in with the same cup of tea. They'll take the drink of it and go, that's better. Don't don't ever give me a cup of tea like that one again. <laughs> you just learn. It was just a place of just keeping you down, you know what I mean? It was like yeah, the yeah, yeah. Of a ladder. But yeah, they used to, you used to have to get in the baths with the balls and that and clean all the balls up and, yeah, and use your own towel on them. And it was just like, you were like a private in the army, do you know what I mean? Just keeping Sounds you, like, yeah, keeping it's, you it's, grounded it's, and learning your game. What? Sounds like the SAS, not fucking football. The yeah. thing is, I think them days are long gone now. They're slowly, they're slowly filtering out, aren't they? I mean, I can't imagine the, the youth of of any club these days getting treated the way that you boys nah, were. Bullying now, isn't it? Called bullying now. But like I said, I equate it. What they were trying to do in the old days, they're trying to get you so that when you come and play in front of forty thousand crowd and they're giving you daggers and abuse and all sorts, you're not going to fold. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. my my debut was against Wimbledon. There was a few injuries in the in the team and that. And I had a room that I might be playing against a crazy gang and that. So some bloke on the day before was asked me, how do you fancy playing against like the crazy gang, Vinnie Jones, John Fashion and that lot? And I just said, look, to be honest, I prefer playing against someone big and strong rather than someone who's really quick and small. And that's it. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I said. So the next day, Melman's opened the bedroom door with a newspaper going, what the fuck have you said here? I've opened it up about three pages in. I can't wait to bash Fash. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I've gone down to the ground. I've gone down to the ground. And then what it's like, it's weird. I don't know. If, I was sort of nervous because I'm a young lad still. I was only about just turned 19. I was 18, 19. And um, mm. yeah, I didn't really want to go in the dressing room because you're the butt of all the jokes and that, ain't you? you know what I mean? So I sort of hung outside a little bit. And all of a sudden, I had the door go around the corner of all the Wimbledon players come in. So I shit myself. And I, 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 run, I went to live in the boot room. <laughs> and uh, I waited till they'd all gone. And I come back out and stood outside again in the tunnel. And then their manager come around, Bobby Gould, come around the corner. And he was sort of like saying to all the stewards, you're like, morning, morning, all this stuff. And he got up to me and he went, all right, big man. I went, all right. He went, watch your teeth. <laughs> I went, like, white as a ghost. I went in the changing room and I was subbed. And I sat next to one of the other lads, a lad called Paul Moran, who's a couple of years older than me. And he went, what's up with you? And I told him. And he's, of course, he's blurted it out of everyone, pissing himself laughing, hasn't he? He's told everyone. <laughs> they're all laughing. And then, uh, yeah, and then I had to come on. Vinnie Jones done a bad tackle on Gary Stevens, ruptured his cruise ship. And I come on. It's a famous tackle. And I came on the sub. And it, you know, it's like when you, I don't know if you've ever been really nervous in the game. If, mm. you, come, if you come on straight away, you know, sub, sub you're on. 
it's fine. I had 10 minutes to wait because he's obviously got to get stretchy for him and all this stuff. Yeah, so I'm warming yeah, up yeah. for 10 minutes <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, oh, shit. And everyone's looking all at All the pressure building up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I only come on for, it was five minutes before half time and I literally come off at half time in the change room and I was, I was sweating my bollocks off. I was like, <laughs> like I've done a full day. <laughs> the pace of it is totally different to what I was used to. It's like, you can play sort of reserve football with them, but when you that pace of that game, it was like wow, it was like proper, and um, yeah, it was, it was nutty, nutty times. But yeah, good, good, uh, good sort of like grounding. It, you know, it's different as well. You go in like now, you've got academies, isn't you? and they're all sort of like they all set in age groups. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's yeah. like under whatever's. And but in them days, you had a youth team, you had reserves, and you had first team. So I remember playing for the reserves at fifteen against Arsenal who had 33-year-old men playing from Paul Mariner, people like that, who were in England internationals coming back from injury. So as a 15-year-old, you're against these grown, you know, experienced pros. But you're not only playing against that sort of thing, you've got players like that around you in your own team, guiding you through it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, they're talking to you. You know, you've got Chris Uton one side of you, and you've got somebody else come, Neil Ruddock maybe, coming back from injury. And they're talking you through the game. Do you know what I mean? Where to go, what to do. Don't go for that challenge. You know, you can't win it, stand on your feet, all that sort of stuff. So that, I learned probably more doing one year of reserve football with them lot than I probably would have done in 10 years doing academy stuff. I think, yeah, I think that's where it misses now. I think that's where they've gone wrong a bit. Because when kids get into the first team, you don't really see too many people getting in the first team at 18, do you? 18, 19. No. No, no, no. No, they can't handle so it. So in, in the old days, you had three or four coming through each year. And this was, everything you spoke about there, that was when you were at Spurs, I take it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 How old were you? Sorry, but how old were you when you went in? When you was in the first team for Spurs? Then I was just turned nineteen. Literally, just turned. I was born in October and I got in the first team in November, so I was just literally just turned nineteen and played for the rest of that season and the start of the following season. And then um, they stopped had a really big dip of form. Bought a couple of players in. Um, One of them, Steve Sedgley, who was originally bought as a midfielder but could play defender, and because they had a bit of a poor start um, and. Steve said he didn't really, he weren't really shooting in midfield. They then put, because he cost them three quarters of a million, they put him back as centre half. And then you find yourself on the bench. And then eventually, I think in them days, it was only two subs. So you find yourself then, all of a sudden, you need a forward on the bench rather than a defender. And then you find yourself in the reserves again. You think, how did this happen? Yeah, and then, yeah. and then I, signed, I just signed a four year contract as well. So I had about three and a half years left of it. And I went on loan to South End and I sort of like I was playing reserve football and I was itching to get back in the first team. And then I was sort of in, around the peripheries again. And then I remember we had um, Ray Clements' testimonial. And uh, I thought, right, I'll get on here and show what I can do. And I, I was sub, and I was thinking, right, I can at least get half a game. So as the game went on, all of a sudden it gets to 80 minutes, and I'm still not got on. And then all of a sudden they go, right, get warmed up, you're going on. So I was warming up. And you know, it's like in a testimonial, the ball didn't go out until about <laughs> like in, injury time. Ball went out, I went on. Geese took a throw in, the ref blew up. <laughs> so I'm fuming. I'm fuming. Malamat. So oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've, I ain't put a foot wrong. So I've gone in the uh, <laughs> gone in the players' lounge and my, all my mates are in there. And you know, it's like they, they're all pissing themselves laughing, aren't they? And normally I'm all right. You know, normally I'll join in with a joke, but I was fuming, right? And the more, they, the more I was fuming, the more they were laughing. <laughs> and, and it was eating me up all night. And next day I went in and put a transfer request in, like to get out. And I literally, literally two days later, I'd sign for Portsmouth. Did you, did you ever cross paths with Gaz when you was at Tottenham? Yeah, I was in the same team. He was brilliant, mate. He was really good for me. He was good for the young lads. Because he used to look after you, do you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he'd sort of like, he used to get loads of sponsorship stuff. So he'd give you, you know, like tracksuits and things like that. And, you know, trainers and whatever that he didn't need. But he was brilliant, mate. What a player. And he was but, mad as well. He was nuts. He was, he was quite a calm, mellow lad, wasn't he? He oh, didn't man. have many stories. He didn't, oh, he <laughs> he didn't, no, he just he didn't so get up to much. He's just <laughs> hyperactive. I've never met anyone like him. I've never met. I've, I've seen people that try to emulate it, but nothing comes anywhere near it. It's like not like a big kid. I don't even think he slept. <laughs> well, uh, well, just on Gaza, is there anything that sort of springs to mind? Of something that's just outrageous. Yeah, I mean, loads, loads. I mean, I, I could write a book. Well, I could be, I could be here till ten o'clock tonight. Um, he, <laughs> How long you got? Cut the funny ones. <laughs> yeah, cut, cut the funny ones for me. We played Millwall away. It was at the old den. I don't know, you probably wouldn't have been there, but it was like, I mean, the new den's bad enough, but the old den was something else. It was like, you know, they, you know, the tunnel, you know, in tunnel things, they stretch out onto the pitch. 
Mm. You know, yeah. you come out sort of like when you walk on the pitch. Well, this thing stretched right out to the edge of the box. <laughs> it was like yeah. literally you had to because otherwise you couldn't come out anywhere near the fans because they literally yeah. it was, like, it was murder. And they, yeah. they, had a, they had a thing called F Troop, one of their hooligan elements called F Troop. And what they used to do, you ask your old man, um, they used to wear surgical masks, you know, like nurses and that with hats, surgical surgical hats and surgical masks. You know, like the masks yeah. we're, we're wearing now for this lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. So when you come out and look, you come out of the tunnel thing and they're all on the right and it's just, you looked over there and there's about a thousand people with surgical masks on. It's quite daunting, do you know what I mean? All want yeah. to kill you. And uh, so as we come <laughs> running out this tunnel thing for the game, Gaz has gone sort of over towards their direction doing a little jog and a warm up and they're all shouting things like you fat bastard, all this stuff, chucking coins at him and throwing Mars bars on the pitch and everything because everyone, used, them days they threw Mars bars at him because he was fat. Everyone reckoned he was fat sort of thing. So he's run over to him. He's picked a Mars bar up. He's undone it, ate it, and done a moonwalk. <laughs> done a moonwalk right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all pissing themselves laughing at that. And they all sort of started clapping him. It was mad. And then we we won five nil. We were five nil up, and he was so good. Right, he got their fans singing "We Want Six. <laughs> it was I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. It was just crazy. I was like, wow. I thought he was going never going to get out of here, and all of a sudden, no one outside. But I remember when I was at Winchester. Your mum was club secretary, wasn't she? So she gave me a letter once, and yeah. it was saying, um, "Is a uh, Eric Torsved used to be the Tottenham goalkeeper? He basically lives in Norway now, uh, back to Norway, and he's like the Gary Lineker of Norwegian telly. You know, he does their match of the day and all this sort of stuff. And uh, right. he's got they're doing a This Is Your Life program on him, and it's a surprise thing, so he don't know about it. Do you want to come over? I'm like, yeah, too right. Everything's paid for. You know, what I mean, fantastic. And I'm thinking, why me? And then, uh, so the woman rung me up and she said, basically, on his debut, he we were one all against Knott's Forest live on the telly and he someone shot from 30-odd yards and it was a dolly, you know, easy to save and it hit a bobble. Anyway, went through his hands, went in the net, we lost 2-1. And then when we came in the changing room after the game, everyone was blanking him and that. And there was, you know, I was number two. So there was none of this 38s on your back and all this sort of stuff. I was sitting yeah. next to the goalie, I was number two. So I've just looked at him, he's got his head in his hands, he's obviously distraught and that. And I just said, Look, don't worry about it, mate. I scored in my own net on my debut, like my League Cup debut. Don't worry about it. And he went, he went, did you? He went, yeah, I went, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Anyway, apparently he written autobiography and he put this bit in his book, you know, how to give him confidence and all this stuff. So I didn't know. That's why they wanted me to go over there. Anyway, fast forward to the airport, who comes literally last call, I'm the only one there. I'm thinking, sure, there's got to be other people here. Who comes running around the corner, Gazza and his daughter? Like trying to, you know, nearly miss the flight. So I'm like, oh, great, got him and I. So we get over there. Anyway, we've gone to this TV studio and you, you, it's a surprise. Eric Torsford should, doesn't know anyone's there. So we get there. They're trying to keep everyone out of the way. He goes and finds the wardrobe department. Then he comes out dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, so anyway, they, they've got Eric out and they're doing all this filming and they've got a load of his ex-teammates coming out. It's all a surprise, you know, all this stuff. And then surely Norwegians, we can't understand it. And then they showed the clip of this goal going in. And then like, all this Norwegian, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard my name be mentioned and they told me to go on the stage. So I've gone out there, had a chat, and she talked me through about this thing that I sat next to him, all this stuff. And then I heard her saying something else, obviously saying, and not only have we got him out here, we've got Gaza. So Gaza comes on. She's interviewing him. Obviously, this time when Gaza found out that Eric Torsford was afraid of birds, you know, like the feathered variety. <laughs> so Gaza's, Gaza's kidnapped an ostrich, right, from a local farm. <laughs> he kidnapped an ostrich, ostrich, got it to the training ground, right, got it to the training ground, opened the door, <laughs> shoved the ostrich in where Eric was and shut the door. He said, you can even just down the right. right. And then Eric, Eric's going, yeah, he goes, but that weren't the only thing he'd done, was it? And Gaza's sort of like, because he's done so many things, obviously, he's like, like what, where are you going here? And Eric went, yeah, yeah. Eric used to go out to the into the goal mouth when before the game, so he'd come out the tunnel, go to the goal mouth with his gloves in his hand, and then he put them on in the when he got into the you know goal mouth, yeah. some sort of tradition thing. And uh, Gaz would shit in his gloves, shitting his gloves. So yeah, so that's the sort of thing he used to do. I mean, I got loads. He, he used to um, we was at training once, and we were doing shooting practice over at a place called Mill Hill. And it was like, just wouldn't like, it was like an old schoolyard, really. And there was a big wood thing behind this fence, behind the goal. And uh, he shot and he's gone right over this fence thing. And so he's gone into this woody bit and he ain't come back. And everyone's like, where is he? And he ain't come back. So we've all gone home, finished training, all gone home. Come in the next morning and he ain't turned up for training. We're like, where is he? 
Anyway, as we're jogging around for a warm-up, we've gone past where this golfing is in this fence. He's jumped over the fence with the ball with his kit on. <laughs> got, got it. I mean, I remember yeah, that's... we had a Christmas boot, put a coach on for us to go down to Oxford Street because we're going on the piss, Christmas do. And uh, I always remember it now. Right? So the bus has pulled up and there was Gazza at the front going to the drive. Open the door, open the door. You know when you're pulling up slowly? He's going, open the door, open the door, open the door. Then I think it was David Owls and then me. And as, the, as, the, as we're still going along, he's opened the door. So Gaz has jumped out, hit the ground running. And the first person he saw was this bloke. He must have been about 90, right? With a walking stick in his hand, just literally hobbling along the road. And I see it as plain as day now, right? Gaz has run straight up behind him, stuck his finger right up his ass. Well, so yeah, so we got a little bit sidetracked with the Gaza stories. Just get back onto your career. So, where were we at? Were you going to Pompey? Yeah, I went to Pompey with Jim Smith, who was another massive character. I'm oh, sorry, he didn't sign me. It was a bloke called Frank Burroughs, but eventually, you know, he, he left and Jim Smith took over. Uh, another massive character, obviously, been around the game for years. And uh, we had quite a bit of success under him, although we didn't really win it. We, well, we didn't win anything. Um, but we, we got to the semi final of the FA Cup one year. And then the following year, we lost in the playoff semi final against Leicester which we should have won. We got diddled out of it by an offside goal. I don't think I've ever been in my career where I've really had any sort of end-of-season times where you can just relax, really, because it's either been a relegation battle or a, trying to go for promotion, which, you know, you need something like that to keep you motivated. Um, but he, he was another, you know, character, like I say, Jim Smith. After we used to, In them days, it was totally different, as we've spoken before. You know, after a game, an away game, you could have a few beers on the coach on the way home. Um and it was, especially if you won, you know, you sort of run out of beers, you could then go up to the manager and say, look, can we stop off and off and get some more beers? And he'd be like, yeah, because he'd want to stop as well, get some more. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and he used to sort of, an away game, you know, the players would eat at seven o'clock or whatever it be, and then go to their rooms and then the staff would be up at to whatever time they wanted, you know, drinking and whatever. And many times the next day, Jim Smith done a team talk, pissed. You know, you're still pissed on, <laughs> still pissed from the red wine from the night before. Um, and then, you know, he'd be chopping himself up on the coach. But he used to, um, he used to, every now and again, right, he used to have this little pet monkey thing. It was like a puppet that used to have Velcro arms and it sort of go around your neck. Like it looked like it was hugging him. So he's obviously got his hand doing yeah. the mouth bit. And he, he pissed up and he'd come up, he'd have a cigar in his mouth, you know, on a coach and that. And he'd have um, this little monkey thing and he'd be going up to you going right through the monkey. All right, and what, so what do you think you've done today, lad? Out of, out of ten. <laughs> I think I've got a seven gaffer. No, you didn't. You were five. You were fucking shite. <laughs> through the monkey. That's his way of telling you. you that you were shit, but he was doing it through the monkey. Yeah. Almost like it wasn't him telling you. It's funny. But, um, yeah, no, he was a great character, like I say, and we had some success in that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then again, like I say, he ended up getting sacked, and then I think Terry Fennick came in, and then Terry Venables came in as to oversee it. I, was, I don't think he was chairman, but I think he sort of had something to do in the takeover of the club. And of course, you know, whatever happened would be at Tottenham. I always remember coming in one day and Alan Knight joking, he just went, that's you, bugger, then and it like that. And I thought, what's he mean? <laughs> what's he mean by that? And anyway, about two weeks later, I signed for Gillingham. <laughs> that's how quick that happened again. You know what I mean? But go on, sorry. So you went, I just, I, I don't really want to say where you went next because I fucked up the, <laughs> the stats already. Yeah. So you went, you went Pompey Gillingham? Yeah, I went to Gillingham then under Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis bought me. And you, don't, you had, you had, Two two appearances at Gillingham as well, didn't you? Yeah, it, it says it, it says it on transfer market. You went from Gillingham, then you went to Winchester City, and then you went back to Tottenham, and then you went to, <laughs> and then you went to Brighton. But you only had four appearances across all seven clubs. Again, you only had four appearances. I think I did. Felt like four. four they must be doing the good games. Four good games I had. <laughs> all the rest of shit. But yeah, now so, right, so you went got to Gillingham under another, you know, sort of like a massive massive character as a manager as Tony Pulis. Um, this is how nuts football was in them days again. I mean, we, pre-season when I was at Pompey, we went to La Havre and um, Pompey took, I think it was 3,000 fans over right, for a pre-season game in La Havre. Right? And with the sole intention, the game was one all. I scored as well, so I'm buzzing. So half-time, one all. The sole intention of running on the pitch and getting the game abandoned. So 3,000 fans <laughs> just run on the pitch at half-time, sat down. One of them found a football from somewhere and they all had to kick around, but the rest of them were sat down protest. So the next game we played pre-season was against Gillingham. And Tony was obviously the manager and I scored that game and all. 
Um, so but he must have seen something in me. Uh, that's the stats that you got on that transfer thing. That's the only two goals I scored. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, he, yeah, so then he, I knew sort of, he wasn't tapping me out. That's the wrong phrase. Um, but I knew there was interest from Gillingham. And then come, come sort of like October, November, I'd sign, I'd sign for them. Another club where, you know, they're the, they're the great character of a manager, but the chairman as well was a bit of a, bit of a character. He was funny. Um, Paul Scully, yeah. He, he, uh, he was an eye-opener. But, um, yeah, and we had some good success there. You know, uh, good FA Cup runs. I think we got through to the quarterfinals, the FA Cup. Lost to Chelsea. Um, we got promoted up into the championship and stayed there for a couple of seasons. Um, and it's the first time they'd sort of been promoted into that sort of territory. So we had a real good, great bunch of lads. They were like a real good bunch of lads. And then, uh, basically, uh, it was change management and all that. And um, I found myself struggling to get into the team. And I was travelling from Southampton to Gillingham every day, which is, yeah. I'm telling you now, is a track and a half. Solid three hours there, solid three yeah, hours back. Gillingham? Gillingham's just past, yeah, yeah, Kentway. Maidstone, that was yeah, way, yeah, yeah. towards yeah. Dover. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've done that trip a few times at work. It's not not yeah. fun. So I was doing it every day. I mean, it was killing me in a way. So I'd, so the chance come up um, to go to Brighton. Someone who was reserve team manager at uh, Portsmouth when I was there, Martin Inchel, had just taken over at Brighton. And he said to me, do you fancy coming down? And it, I sort of weighed it up and went, I was injured. right? But I weighed it up and thought, I ain't telling him that. <laughs> um <laughs> But I weighed it up and thought it's nearer. It's near whatever it is. I don't care where it is. It's nearer home. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Half-way. and even still, then I say nearer home. It's still a good hour and whatever away. Hour and a bit. But, yeah. But uh, but the chance come up. There was, there was a lad that lived around the corner from me, Robbie Pethick, who played there as well. So the chance was me and him could car share. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, yeah, straight away, get there. And then what I'd done, uh, went there. I, I didn't start off too great there because, like I said, I was injured and I was unfit. So it culminated in someone put, you know, the old classic putting you putting me up for sale on eBay, that sort of thing for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> no one put me though. Not even no one put a bid in. No one from my family or no one. Free not to a good one. home. Yeah, I was going. Not, not even the member. No member of my family even put a fiver in for me. It was a bit, bit of <laughs> But uh, no, so yeah, I went there and then, like I say, struggled to start off with, and I had to go on loan to Barnet to sort of get my uh, fitness up and that. And then, but when I come back, I felt really good. Mark McGee had taken over by then. And he, I was sort of, I was touching probably, God, when I was there, I was probably 30, 33 anyway, when I signed for him, 32, 33, coming towards the end of my career. And when he came in, he put me on a fitness regime that extended my career. I played till I was 38. So he probably gave me another good five, six years of my career. And then you, then you moved on to, to non-league, didn't you? Yeah, I went to, I haven't Waterlooville for a year, but literally where I'd gone into the community scheme, I sort of was working from a desk. So I weren't used to it. So my calves, I only played about, ten, I don't even think I played 10 games for him that year. My calves just went, I don't know what, yeah. whether it's because I was sat down at a cramped desk or not, but my calves, honestly. And then I, so I was only there a year, for a year, I think. And then I saw, went down a winch. Yeah, so obviously you told us about all the all the decent level of football. So let's get on to <laughs> when it went. big nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah. Now let's get to the really good football. <laughs> So you went to you went to Winchester City. Wasn't it Sean Brooks who got you down there? Brooksy, yeah. And to be fair, that's the first time I ever met your dad and all that lot as well, and you lot. So I loved it. I absolutely loved it down there. Yeah, I think um, you know, for those who listen, me and Raw um played with and played with and under butts for four years, wasn't it? Four years. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, yeah. Quite, you, you played with us, didn't you, for one year? So you, when you first signed, I think you were still playing for. Was it the? Was it one year or the two years? Were you I still playing? Two, I think I might have done two and possibly start of the three because. Um, yeah. It was I under Brooksy and then obviously the Hussies and then Glenn Cockfall, wasn't it? About, yeah, yeah. About Twenty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then and until we, until we got the uh, clubhouse decked out and we wanted it, then we binned him off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. It's uh, yeah. No, I loved it, mate. I absolutely loved it. I was probably, like you say, touching forty at the time, and but still competitive. You know, that was my standard sort of thing. That's... I think as well, although that you, you join Winchester, you say touching forty at a young age, and you yeah. know, <laughs> playing alongside me, you probably ended up being the fittest you'd ever been having to do that's two centre backs job on my, on my career. That did. Sorry, because I say career, I meant age. <laughs> but no, on all seriousness, mate, like playing alongside you was just 
it was unbelievable. Like, you know, there's there's good players at, at non-league level that I've played alongside. But, I mean, like you say, you're a, you're a big bloke. And when you turn up, you know, I wasn't sure what position you were going to play. You were going to be manager. But as soon as you got on the pitch, it was, it was fucking the easiest thing in the world for you. Yeah, I think I'd kept myself quite fit. Do you know what I mean? As well. And, then, and I, I was the sort of fella, right, that no one likes running, really. I mean, you do get the odd lunatic that does like running. Nathan Jones at Brighton, he was a fitness freak. So, he like, you know, all the running used to do pre-season, he's at the front yeah. and it's easy to him. You do get some of them yeah, weirdos. Like Rory and that, aren't they? You know, all them nuggets <laughs> the gym, you know, all them weirdos. Um, but, yeah, it's, but again, but I knew I had to do it. It's a necessary evil that you've got to do. And the fitter you get, the easier it is. You know, it's, no, it's not rocket science. So to go down there, and Brooksy, to be fair, his training was quite good, wasn't it? I remember all these training. Yeah, he's fan- it's fantastic. And we had, we had a good bunch of lads at the time. And I know there was a lot of lads from London and your dad had to weed a few out and do this, that and the other. But he, he sort of, he, his knowledge of non-league and that and the contacts that he had, I thought he, he got a really good team down there. Um yeah, it was. I mean, it was awesome. It's. I mean, I just thinking back. Was, was you there when um, Stacey Harper, the yeah, goalie, was Stacey, there? Stacey, uh, who's the lad? Um, had the little blonde bit in his hair, midfielder. Um, um, God, not Joe. No, I can't think his name now. I know. Yeah, all them boys and a few of the boys. There was a few of them travelling up from London together, weren't there? There was a lot. There was a load of them. There was, you know, there was a lot of. I think one of them, J- Jones of Wooer. I think he played alongside yeah, before Jones, that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He was he's a good player. Uh, obviously, John Dockers was the reason that we ended up going down. Were you there when 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 yeah. that all happened? Yeah. Well, no, no. Tell a lie. We actually, that's the season before I came, but I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just to give the listeners an idea of what happened. Like, Winch pulled in a load of good players, players that were well above the standard. You know, like what we were saying, like ex pros, like you, like me, <laughs> uh, very similar to me, not quite as good. Um, and then. Uh, we we on the last game of the season we had a player playing for us called John Docker and I think his I think his dad was a pro. I know John Docker was a was a apprentice at West Ham. And um, we, we won the last game or something along those lines and stayed up and then we got the news that he was ineligible to play and he'd uh, signed for another club. So that actually sent us down to the Wessex League. Yeah, I remember which that. was absolutely mental. But again, I mean you know, it's, everything happens for a reason. And I think that was actually a, a good turning point because that's when Butts came along. Obviously, me and Rory met. And then we went on to have some good years. Yeah, Wasn't there a funny story about Stacey Harper? Yeah, yeah. Just come back onto the Stacey Harper thing, Butts. I don't know if you remember this. This is when um, all the lads from London were yeah. there. And all these boys, they were, they were, they were, they were all boys in London. And one of them, I can't remember his name. I think it was Uzo. I don't know if you remember. He had a tag while he was playing for us. <laughs> And he couldn't make he couldn't make even matches. And I remember straight after matches, he had to shoot straight up the M3 back to London because of his tag. <laughs> but um, we were play, we were playing away at Allsford, and uh, we and also back then we were a real good side as well. There was always a difficult team to beat, and uh, we were we were it was nil nil. And then corner eight in the last sort of five minutes of this first half, uh, Stacey Harper's threw one in the net. It's like comes flying in. He's missed the ball. It's gone flying in the net. Jones has had a go at him, and Jones is like shouting at him. And then Stacey. If anyone knows Stacey, he's not exactly. I don't think he can handle himself. That's for sure. But he's not. He ain't like a proper lad, is no. he? But and um, he's like made the action to go and take his gloves off as if he's gonna go for Jones. And Jones of was a big bloke, you know, definitely could handle himself. So he's gone like that. And Jones is like, because I'll see you in the changing room. And like Stacey's kicking off, having a go at him or whatever, like just doing the standard stuff. And then he um, we get in the changing room. So Stacey's walked in. I was on the bench. I've walked in. And then all the blokes from London, there's about eight of them, have gone flying up to Stacey. I don't know. Would you there, Butts, nah, on this day when they all went mental? I don't think I was. Fucking hell. Literally, they've all gone flying up to him and said, don't you fucking put, take your gloves off, all that. Like, Stacey's going, I'm sorry, I've lost my temper. <laughs> and now I've lost my arse. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I think his arse got left on the pitch that day. <laughs> Still there. Well, I remember them. They, they were a big bunch of lads. I remember that. Uh, they, they didn't hang around too long when I was there because we... I think, like you said, because they'd gone down and I think a lot of them thought they were better than what they were, weren't they? So they probably... And, didn't realise that about yeah. the level. And the yeah. and that I, think well, the, I think the idea was to try to try and keep us in the Southern League and we actually did, yeah. you know, but it was just... That was the John Docker just absolutely killing us by playing for another yeah, team. exactly. And then, like you say, and then all of a sudden the travelling gets a bit further out, then it? The lower down you go, then you're more sort of round, like the West Way, you know, you sort of move... You're playing more games over Paul Way and all that sort of stuff, Hamworthy. All them, so I think them boys. I think they didn't think they want to travel all that far. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. and and also they probably wanted more than what they yeah, was on. That's for exactly. sure. 
Exactly. Yeah, but like you say, blessing in disguise, probably. But yeah, it was great. I like. I loved it. Like, you know, sort of some of the games that we played in were good scraps. Um, and we had a decent teammate. I loved it. I like the, uh, you know, I like the ground. I like the, you know, obviously your dad got on really well with, which was a bonus. Um, had a good crack. He's got some stories, hasn't he? Christ. Yeah, yeah, he's got some stuff. I, I think. Do you remember the game when um it was Blackthorn and Langley? Do you remember the season when Blackthorn and Langley were decent? They were they yeah. were challenging for the title, and we went <laughs> we went one 0 up. I think in the last ten minutes, something happened in the last ten minutes, and he's trying to jump the barrier. <laughs> and do you remember he went flat on his face, and all the dust went. Up. <laughs> Jordan Stacey, he played up front one game, didn't he, on the Isle of Wight? Mm. Was it him? I remember being there because, yeah, because I was in goal and he was on the bench. Yeah, wasn't he? I think he had to come on and play up front. I think we drew that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because he was shocking, yeah. money. I think the kid, kid scored a weldy, didn't he? From whatever however far out, I think we did draw. I think we'd have been better off putting Paul up yeah, front. Not, well, <laughs> I can't though, remember. He was bad. I got in with your dad though. Remember um, when we played uh, Hayland Island, whatever they were called, away? We were like they were bottom of the league and we were going for the title and we were two 0 down after about twenty minutes. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> literally, coming at half-time, and I'm, I'm, this is when I was manager, I was going, you know, trying to rip into a few. And all of a sudden, I, your dad's got up from behind me, walked straight past in front of me, got a load of Haribo off the table in front of me, had a rustling around in there, put a few in his mouth, walked back and sat that, back down. I'm like, I'm trying to give him one bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I started giggling. But um, then we went out, and that was it, because he, he literally, I think, he, I think he'd had a go at the ref, and I think the ref, the ref come over to me and went, can you can you sure. get him away? Yeah. Can you get him away from the dugout, please? Um, otherwise, we're gonna have to send him off. I went. Good luck with that. I went. You. I went. Good luck. You, you try. So you have a go at doing it like that. Then I think he went. Okay, I'm just warning you like that. I went. All right, no worries. Then he went back on. Then your old man started again. And then I think he came over. And I think he went. Right, I'm sending you off. I'm going to report you to the league to your dad. And your old man gave him some again. And then he walked about two yards away. And he went. I'm a supporter. He's giving it with that one. And then, <laughs> and then I think he gave the linesman some stick. And I think the ref come over to me again and went, I'm, I'm going to have to report him again if he don't get away. I said, I'm going, why are you telling me? I said, what do you think I can do? What are you telling me for? <laughs> You're the yeah, come over telling me. I'm like, what are you telling me for? Anyway, thing next. We abused the linesman. This is Hayley. So he's abused the linesman. So anyway, he got sent off twice. And we, I think we got back and we won 3-2, didn't we? Remember, I think we... Yeah, yeah. free in quick succession telling your dad's over the barrier running up to the lines we're going I love you like that going to the ref you're back on my Christmas card list like that anyway so I've had to go up to the um, earring with him you know with the old bodies you know all the old bods and he got done I think he got a touchline band didn't he for I don't know however many matches eight matches or whatever anyway do you remember we played um, then we played Avent Waterlooville in the Senior Cup or whatever? Do you remember when Milton scored? Yeah, and yeah. You, Rory, you what, that save what night that remember? was. Oh, I, yeah. I still watch that the YouTube video every now and then just to remind myself. I Great to save. And then Milton scored. But do you remember your old, it's on it's on tape somewhere. Your old man jumped the barrier. I looked round because when we scored, I normally, he normally used to jump on me. So when we scored, I've looked yeah. round and I think, where's he gone? I've looked. He's in the middle of the pitch with you lot. Jumped yeah. on someone's back, right? And then yeah. he literally jumps down. He does like a little comedy look round as if, say, as if one noticed. And then he runs and off. The shuffles off. Yeah. I always remember that because um, the on the clip, it's like from a throw-in, isn't it? But before it gets to the, the, the lad who's about five yards out and he swivels, puts it bottom corner and I tip yeah. around the post. great save. And I always remember it because you can, yeah, it's probably one of my favourites. So if anyone wants to go and watch it on YouTube then. Yeah. Having versus Winchester, one nil to Winchester. And to be fair, because um, I was at Avent, obviously the year, year or two before, whatever, and I knew Gailey and Bradders and whoever was there um, as their management, and they put a good team out. They didn't, they didn't put a crap team out that night. They had a right. I think. Oh yeah, because they lost, didn't they, on the Saturday? So he kind of punished yeah. them, didn't he, and put their best fucking side out. And we were like, oh, we are going to get abused. And I, and I thought, I sort of knew because I know Gailey anyway, you know, and I thought he ain't going to put a week. He ain't going to want to lose to me, mate. <laughs> so, but what? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I remember that save, great save. And then I, me- I remember the goal, and I remember looking out for your dad, and I looked, and he's in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> You've got an eight match touch always... man, and he's in the middle of the pitch celebrating with you. Like, it's brilliant. I always remember that for, for that clip. At the start of the clip, as mate is about to do the throw-in before the save, um, Reggie Palmer, obviously the goalie coach at the time, good mate of yours even now. He won't be on the goal having a fag, was he? That's what he used to do. <laughs> no, no, no. He, so he's, 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 yeah, usually making his teeth even brown. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, he, um, 
obviously he's by so the camera's by the dugout, so you can hear what's going on in the dugout. And he's saying something like, I fucking told Rory, put someone on the post, fucking put someone on the post. I'll tell him every time. <laughs> you can hear him saying that. And then obviously I've made the save around the post anyway. And I'm thinking, ah, shut up then, Reggie. I don't need anyone on the post. I'll just tip it around the post. Mate. I remember going up, that. I remember going up to one of them um tribunal things with your dad. He got in trouble again. I can't remember. I think right when we played handball or someone like that. And the lad topped Geordie. Remember Geordie? I think the lad yeah. topped him. He'd just come back from a cruciate injury and the lad done him again. And uh, there was a couple of other things that he let go, the ref. And then I think after the game, we lost on penalties. I remember Graham Lindsay skying it, didn't he? And um, and the old man was going mad at the ref after. And he got reported again. So I remember I had to go to Basingstoke <laughs> and try and get him out of the shit again. And uh, so we showed a load of videos of these bad tackles that he let play on and that. And in the end, the, the geezer, the ref got done, demoted. Your old man got away with it. God knows how. And the, the referee got demoted. And another one I went there. Uh, I was trying to doing all this stuff and saying, you know, Paul's passionate about the game and that, but he's a lovable rogue and you all know him. He doesn't mean it. I said he gets in, right into the game, you know, away from the match and that. He's a lovely fella, blah, blah, blah. They went, right, OK, can you go out to the go out the doors? We'll have a chat and then we'll call you back in. And they would see through doors. As soon as we got out the doors, your old man starts shadowboxing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him, I'm like, oh, Paul, just, oh, what are you doing? Like, give yourself a chance, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shadowboxing. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but just get, just going back to that when we beat Haven, what well, that was that was that was a great probably. Uh, would would you say as manager probably one of your biggest other than us winning the league, obviously, but like uh, in a single game, that's probably the best thing you've done, yeah. and it probably for, as within management oh, yeah. like, for us yeah. to to win that game at the time we were Wessex yeah. Prem, which was step five, and they were like step two, yeah. wasn't it? They were right up in the in, in the national south, and they were doing well, and like you said, they're the best side out because they yeah. just. And lost it at the weekend. And he was punching. Like the Alamo either. We played some good stuff. Do you know no. What I mean? And yeah, I know, we, like, we, we, we sort of counted well, I know didn't we? We joking that. I mean, we played Eastley as well in one of the cup games, and I think we we done really well against him in there. And joking aside, I mean, Connor, you do yourself a disservice a lot of the time, I think, because I felt that when we played against better opposition, like I remember that Eastley game, you were man of the match. Um, I think you stepped up. Yeah, I think I was... against better opposition, you stepped up to it, if you know what I mean. Um, but no, I think yeah, that's the thing. There, mate. I think you like them two games, solid, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I think um, no matter how good I played, and I think like you know to begin with, obviously there's always going to be that that culture where I'm the, I'm the yeah, chairman's exactly. son. But I think when the team's got better, I certainly held yeah, my exactly, own. Mate. But that, but you know, I, we we got to laugh about it now, and I think um, it upset a lot more people than it upset yeah, me. But- because you know, but like, Mark, right? When you look back on it and you go, okay, if people are saying things about it, blah, blah, how many, how many times, how many mistakes did you make that cost games? Hardly oh, any. If you've yeah. been brutally honest, I think that's it was. Way you look at it. I mean, I've played in games where I've had yeah. an absolute holocaust, but it hasn't cost us a game. It has, and the next game, everyone has dips in form. Everyone has in different games. But if you can honestly hold your hands up and look in your in, in the mirror at yourself and and realise, do you know what I mean? That. You know, if you can do that, if you turn away from the mirror and, and you're trying to hide things, then you know. But if you can look yourself in the mirror, yeah, mate, I, f- I, I think you, I think yourself yeah, think... disservice. Yeah, I f- no, I appreciate that as well. But like, like I, said, I mean, it doesn't even bother me. I think you know, to begin with, it was definitely too soon. But then, and again, I'm not saying it because you're on the podcast. I think you was a massive, massive part of my development. You know, being, I mean, as a 19 year old lad who'd just come from a lot of Eastley reserves. And then dotted around Winchester first team before Dad was involved, and then you know that all went that way. Um, playing alongside next professional footballer, I mean, what what better schooling can but you have? And that's harking back to what I said before: when you when you play youth team football in the old days, you you were playing alongside, or sorry, reserve team football. You were playing as a young kid. You were playing alongside thirty three year olds. You was eighteen or whatever old you were then. I was forty. You know what I mean? So you're gonna yeah. a bit of experience from me is gonna rub off on you. Or, or even just talking, yeah. you know what I mean? Just saying, you can't win every... We had a lad, Paul McShane, you know, the lad who played for Man United, I think he's at Hull still or somewhere like that. He had a decent career, still playing. He came on loan from Man United at Brighton and he tried to win everything. He was like, literally, balls were coming up. You know, someone pings a really good ball, sort of chest eye. He was trying to jump over people as a centre-half <laughs> to try and get his head onto their chest and head the ball and just give it away so many silly little fouls I said you can't win every ball mate you can't you know what I mean the main thing yeah, is yeah. not getting the other side to go if he chests it and lays it off to someone he's done your job do you know what I mean he ain't got to win every single ball um, 
Yeah, and I think another big thing that you taught Connor is it don't matter what shape you are, you still can be a decent player. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you get in the bar and have a few beers after. <laughs> yeah, I've done a bit, a bit too much of that after Winch, to yeah. be fair. Way do it, mate. I still still like a beer after well after a vets game. I still like a beer even if I ain't got a vets game. But uh, yeah, you've got to be done, mate. You've got a bit of a social, you've got a bit of a life. All right, today's topic we'll look at worst managerial appointments ever. I'm going to start off the bat with Frank De Boer, five games in charge at Crystal Palace and gone. I mean, that takes some beating. Um, so Campbell. Turning up to Macclesfield and not knowing any of the players' names or who he was managing. Um, that takes some serious beating. Didn't he even say, I'm managing Southampton today? And they had to correct them and tell him it was someone else. <laughs> Is he even... I'm not Most sure. bothered man ever. I'm not sure he's he's all there. He's, he's just thinking of the pound sign. I'm big ass. He ain't got a Scooby, has he? <laughs> and that was clear because what, he, he was only in for a cup of tea at that, at that club. What about Moyes? Moyes, United season. He's meant to be the big, the next Fergie. And all he ended up being was a meme. Every picture, he looked completely clueless, like he just won a raffle to get to be the United uh, boss. I think the ultimate one has got to be Gary Neville, on it? Wow. What, the old Valencia job? Yeah. I don't really understand why they, why they brought him in. Well, I think, I think he thought he was going there to be a pundit. And then they go, no, you're actually the gaffer. Just... Anyway, let's go to the phones, um, see if we've got any other opinions on, on the worst managerial appointments. Caller, how are you? Can you hear me? Yep, can hear you. Who's yeah. that? Hello. I think it's, I think it's G Nev. It is Nev, isn't it? Hello. It's really Nev. He's only come on. He's <laughs> had a nibble. He's <laughs> had a nibble immediately on that. <laughs> fucking Valencia? Are you joking? Fucking, you're not fucking counting that, are you? Give a fuck. When did we ever give a fuck about fucking Valencia? Me and I fill it on the fucking Costa del Cocaine. It was a fucking jolly up. It was a fucking front. <laughs> did you even realise you was going there to be gaffer, did you? Give a f- I, I couldn't give two fucks about fucking Valencia. I mean, that Philip went over there to get a bit of fucking sun. I had to slip across over to fucking Morocco every now and then meet one of Jap Sam's lot. Our Philip's got a Moroccan passport, isn't he? So he can't be extradited. Oh, really? Yeah. Fucking big, massive bits of work in Morocco. Just fucking little fucking cigarette boats over to fucking Gibraltar. Pitch yourselves up in Valencia. Fucking management jobs are fucking front. Industrial straight Viagra. Fucking best broth. <laughs> best fucking brothels in the world. Playing fucking golf every day. Give a fuck about fucking Valencia. It was a fucking sabotage job. Fucking, what a take them fucking down. Take them fucking down. Get a bit of fucking revenge. You going to go back into managing? Yeah, might. Don't know. Might do. Any offers on the table? Not in a minute. No, mortgage. I'm a fucking millionaire, you cunt. I'm a fucking multi-millionaire. Hotels, fucking nightclubs, bars. I'm fucking, I've got it on lock. I'm not asked about a fucking management job. Fuck, I fucking took the job for a laugh. Just like a fucking English job. Fucking me and fucking old fucking, what's his name? Fucking Roy. Fucking, fucking Roy. Don't give a fuck. United, that's the fucking job I want. So what about Phil going to Miami? Are you going to be out there opening him out or? I've just been over. Just went over about Miami. Yeah. Yeah, some over by Bex, Bex. His wingman out still still his fucking wingman. The old but, the original fucking spice boy, David Beckham. Who's who's better at you and Phil then? Who was a better player? Better at what? Better at footy. Yeah. Uh dunno, you know. Yeah, probably me, I reckon. But dunno. Well, obviously. Fucking two trebles, one treble, two trebles, one treble, not fucking treble. What about, about? fucking trebles? Two Champions League. <laughs> Then you lose your arsehole in the tunnel or something to the air. What the fuck? What the cameras didn't see is I've just pulled out fucking 38 and stuck it in his fucking mouth. Then the cameras come around. Roy knew I had it on me. I had it in my fucking sock. Yeah. Oh, where 38? It was a 22. Little fucking Peggy Sue in my sock. I pulled it out, slammed it in fucking that big fucking pepper out of his mouth. Shit himself. Of course he fucking did. Whatever. I'm a fucking devil. I fucked a Spice Girl. I fucked Annika Rice up the ass. I fucked Jet from Gladiators. I fucked that little ginger bastard out of Atomic Kitten. Right? I fucked uh, Joe Guest. I fucked... Phil uh, Neville. Do you know what? I fell it. Two's any birds up with Phil? Philip's not into fucking. He's not into fucking bears, is he? He's not into nothing. He's he's not. He's fucking like he's he's a he's fuck like he, all he fucking does is play that fucking what is it Fortnite. <laughs> he's fucking good though, you know. Playing Scrabble with American. Yeah, he's fucking good, you know. It's good like esports. That's what he's into. Esports. 
but we're all different, aren't we? He's a fucking psycho, you know, don't feel it. He's a fucking psycho. Shit out of the fucking, um, what are they, the fucking, them fucking things. He's fucking, he's fucking, he's more dangerous than me, you know, right, Philip? They always say the quiet little weird ones are the ones to watch, don't they? Mm. The loser-looking ones. Yeah, huh? I don't know, do they? Fuck out. Oh, you won't be fucking saying that if you come, come fucking, you, you, come fucking on your mouth. Fuck it, you fucking you fuck off. <laughs> Who's winning that of a fight out of you and King? Yeah, what, we won't we wouldn't fight me and me. Me and me and our fucking me fucking fucking guy, we fucking guard dog. Not gonna fight me fucking guard dog, am I? Let him off the fucking leash. Seems like every time he speaks on um Sky Sports your asshole goes. Fucking asshole don't go for no one you come. What are you fucking on about? Who the fucking hell are you fucking talking to? You fucking asshole goes. You come and fucking measure it, you come. <laughs> <laughs> How can we call in? Someone fucking tipped me off because I've got people oh, with they? me. I've got people who work for me. Someone just handed you a phone, did they? Yeah. <laughs> Someone just handed you a phone and said, speak to these idiots. Someone texted me. Pair of fucking whatever. Where, where, where the fucking are you from anyway? Like fucking Norwich or something. Fucking Norfolk. <laughs> Grimsby. I'm, I'm from Southampton. We're both from Southampton, we are. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> We're from Swanton. I fucking even fucking understand you. I was fucking back with you. But uh, fucking anyway, whatever. Someone give me the fucking phone. Said you was chatting shit and I fucking run you up. So don't fucking run your mouth about fucking Valencia. When the truth of the matter is, me and I couldn't give a fuck about Valencia. It's a fucking place. Or there's a football team. Thanks very much, Nev. Fuck Just before the cut to the phoning butts, uh, we were sort of talking and touching on sort of having a booze up and that, and that, that being a big part of sort of football. Have you got any good stories from back in the day? It was, like I say, fun days. We had, uh, that year, We like I said, we won in the playoffs, but we were, last game of the season, we had to beat Wrexham away. I think, I think it was beat more draw, something like that, and um, to go up automatically. And the goalkeeper playing for them at the time was a lad that I was in the youth team with at Spurs. So he come to the hotel the night before the game and they had nothing to play for. You know what I mean? They're like mid-table, nothing to play for. And I kept saying, yeah. come here, phone running, mate. You know what I mean? Don't matter to you, does it? And he kept giggling. And then after a while, he, I, I told him, go home in the end because he, he's getting on my nerves. I was like, I was waiting <laughs> for him to go, yeah, don't worry, I'll sort you out, you know, that sort of thing. And he kept he kept giggling. And I was, the more I kept going, no, you got nothing on it, you know, just let one in, dive over one or something, you know. Like that, and he kept giggling, and I'm thinking, he's not really saying he's going to do anything here. Not that I was expecting him to, really. I was just sort of trying it on, in a way. Um, so, anyway, the game, the next day, uh, 10 minutes into the game, their right-back's got the ball 35 yards out. No lie, right? He's hit one straight in the top corner. <laughs> he's never scored a goal like it in his life, right? And never scored like that again. He could, have, he could have had that 10 chances like that, and they'd have all gone over the stand or something. So, they were 1-0 down, and then we've absolutely battered them. And this kid you know, three yards out. I, I had a volley from six yards out. It was a goal all the way. He's tipped it over the bar. I'm calling him a fat, you know, what and everything. <laughs> like prop grammar at him. <laughs> I'm getting you, like, having a proper go at him. And he, he had a weldy, the keeper. He, he must have saved about 20 chances. We've lost one nil. So we're all, like, in the change room after. We've got a coach load, and this is no lie, underneath the coach load where, uh, where all the bags and that are kept, We've got crates of beer, bottles of vodka, <laughs> everything, champagne, everything, right? Because mm-hmm. we were expecting to go up. So we're sitting in yeah. the change room, and we're all distraught with that. And, the, and Pete Taylor's come in and said, look, you lost last year in the playoffs at Wembley. So maybe it's, this is how you're going to do it this year. So we're all right. By then, you're thinking, yeah, okay, whatever sort of thing. And all I can think about is we've got so much beer on that coach, mate. What are we going to do? So we're all sort of <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And then, fair play to him, he got on the coach and he went, Look, he said, I don't want this stuff coming home with us. He said, so just get it out of your system, get pissed or whatever, on the coach. We were like, where you get in there? You know what I mean? Bottles of vodka are going yeah. drinks and that. And then he, he was quite funny, Peter. He was good, you know, he used to do impressions and that. And he joined in with the lads. Anyway, one of the lads got up the front, got his phone and gone through his contacts and that. And he's got Glenn Oddle in there, Sammy Lee. He's got loads of contacts. So, mate, he's texting everyone, isn't he? Glenn Oddle, you, you know, like that Island Jewelry stuff, you know, he got done for, didn't he? Oh, you weirdo and all this stuff. <laughs> Sammy <laughs> Lee, all you little fat shit and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, loads of them, like loads of all these football contacts. And then we're, we're at the back of the bus and the manager's there and we're having a chat and that. And all of a sudden, you can hear his phone going, beep, 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 beep. Like, you know, the, the old text messages coming back. 
And yeah. he can't, you see him go out the front and if I'm giggling and he literally turned around, he's fuming. He's absolutely fuming. He's going, right, you fucking <laughs> this, Why are you all in tomorrow at eight o'clock? We're running the bollocks off you. Like that. <laughs> he threatened to sack one of the players. He thought it was a lad that he bought in. He got a lad from non-league, a lad called Junior Lewis. He got him from non-league and he went, if it's you, if I find out it's you, I'm fucking sacking you in the morning. <laughs> he's like that. Pop a fume. <laughs> And then fair play, pick on fair, the worst player there. You're getting sacked. Yeah, fair play to him though. Late, <laughs> late in the uh, late one, about half hour into the trip, he had a couple of wines and that, and he calmed down a bit. And he's he's sort of like, look, you're out of order and that. He said, but I'll see you Monday, sort of thing. But like, yeah, he was fuming. But it was so funny. Some of the text <laughs> messages that what mate you were sending out, it was hilarious. <laughs> funny, but uh, yeah. So we all ended up getting. But that was why well, it wasn't them days. You get pissed, get it out of your system. Do you know what I mean? We we yeah. had um, we. we in, quarter-final of the FA Cup. We were due to play them in the FA Cup. So, the lead-up to it, that week, we went to Bournemouth, right, on the Monday. The game was on Saturday. And on the Tuesday, we trained and we was allowed a night out in Bournemouth. We got a FA Cup quarter-final game on the Saturday. They let us loose in Bournemouth. A couple of lads got nicked. Um, I think one of them got done for trying to break into HMV. You know, the... Um, Thingy shop, a yep. record shop. He boots, yeah, yeah. He boots yeah, yeah. one of the doors in, and he was, he was found crawling out with a load of DVDs and that. <laughs> <laughs> he got nicked. Yeah, it's mad. If you think about it now, you think you got a quarter final the FA Cup coming up. And it, to be fair, we got we did get beat five 0 so maybe I'd say to do with it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. we held them until half time one 0 so we weren't doing too bad. But yeah, when the floodgates opened. But have you had any sort of training ground spats or spats in the changing room at all? Yeah, I mean, changing rooms, yeah, he had loaded them. You probably have one of them every game. <laughs> uh, someone would have done something in a game and someone would have got a bollock in. And, you know, they always used to say, uh, you know, leave it till half time, we'll get it all sorted out. But it never really happened like that. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. coming at half time. They'd be, especially if you was losing mainly. If you was winning, then you was, everyone's all right. But if you was losing and there was a few words said on the pitch, someone would come in at half time, normally have to sort of jump in and break it up and that. But it's just sort of like handbags, really. I had a couple of train, uh, in training throughout my career. I had one at Ponty with Walshy, Paul Walsh. Um, Terry Fennick was the manager at the time and we'd lost a couple of games on the trot. And we were training over at Whale Island in Portsmouth on the Astro. And um, I think he just wanted, he was sort of like, Terry Fennick was sort of getting into everyone just to wind them up and trying to make everything more competitive and things like that. And I was marking Walshy in the ball. Someone played a straight ball into him and I've, I, don't, I didn't go straight through him. It was, he probably thinks I did, but I didn't. I didn't mean to. Um, I, probably, I think I just caught him wrong. I think he had sort of like weak ankles at the time or something, and I must have caught him wrong. And the ball sort of spun up in the air, and before I knew it, he hit me. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. I just thought because the ball was in the air and I was getting ready to edit, I thought he was sort of jumping into me, challenging. Yeah. And I thought he's caught me with an elbow or something in the face. And then I sort of, as it bounced down, I went with it again and hit me again. And, I was, and then I suddenly realised he's hitting me. So I was, <laughs> was actually smacking you, love. Yeah, I thought he was just challenged for the ball. I thought, hey, right, hold on. And then before <laughs> I knew it, he was swinging for me. And then, uh, so I swung back for you. And then um, everyone jumped in and I sort of got knocked to the floor. And there was, I had about three people on me, I'll be down. And then he took a swing at me with his foot. I've managed to see it coming and sort of, you know, so I turned my head. And then, um, and then I think I can't even remember really what happened. And I got up, sort of, and everyone just jumped in. And then I think he ran off to he went home. He and then I had to do some running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean just handbags. But next day, I mean, I, afterwards I sort of told and he called me and said what was going on there. And I just said, well, you know, because the intensity of the training, we had we we had a little few bad results, like I said. And he wanted, you know, I think he wanted the defence to be a bit more dominant, etc. And probably the wrong time to do it in training, but when someone winds you up, you know, you're getting blamed for conceding goals and as a back four, do you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, you're sort of losing a cut of games, everyone's looking at the defense, you're sort of like you're under a bit of pressure. So I thought, you know, just up the tempo a little bit in training and hopefully carry it into a game. And then, but I'll see, you know, just had a chat with him and I said, uh, maybe that's what happened. And then I see Walshy next day for training and I sort of pulled him in the room, said that, you know, shake, shook hands and that. And I just said, it's one of them things. I didn't mean to go through him. Um, it, I said, you know, you understand that the what do you call it, like the um, you know the tenacity in training, trying to get built up for the game Saturday, and he is right, he's good to go. Um, he sort of understood it, but he, he he's, like he said, he said, you know, at his age, you don't really need too many injuries and that. And I think he was carrying injury, and I must have caught him on it wrong. And yeah, I don't think it was a, I don't think there's ever been a club that I've been at where I haven't seen fights. 
Um, and I'll probably say at least once every two, three weeks. Um, there have been some crackers. There have been some cracking ones that I've seen at football and that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it happens. I've, you know, there's obviously been fights with the opposition as well, which have been quite funny. I remember when we was at Gillingham, they had, uh, there was a 22-man brawl and I think four people got sent off two from each side against Bristol Rovers. So they, they was always tasty affairs against Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Um, when, when Tony Pierce was manager, he used to play. He used to play for him years ago when he was a play, when he was a player, and uh, we played him away once. And he was obviously wanting to win the game, and he got into everyone, you know. And as we was coming off half time, it was one of them really crap nil nil draws at the time, and it was like no no one don't think anyone had a shot, right? And it was like there was nothing, you know, it was no spark. It was crap. And as the as we were coming off at half time, the the dugouts were on the opposite side to where the tunnel was. So everyone's going across the pitch. And I remember Tony Pulis jogging past me. And I think it was the opposition's physio or assistant manager or someone. And he run straight past and smacked him right around the head. Right? <laughs> and, and before he got to, you know, again, it was one of them pulled out tunnels because they had like a temporary pitch where they played it on a rugby ground. And um, yeah. so by the time it, we'd, uh, then I see the physio or the assistant manager, if it was, run after him. And by the time he caught up with him, it was in the tunnel and all the players were in there having a 22 man pushing thing, it's all tiny little <laughs> tunnel thing that was shaking from side to side. You know what I mean? It must have looked well funny from the outside because it was just like <laughs> yeah. it was so small, you couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? And um, so that, and then we went out and won the game. Well, I think, I don't know whether he'd done it just to get a spark going with the boys or not, but it was got in the changing room and he, he loved it. He, he encouraged you to have fights and that and like proper top people and things like that. He really? it. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, bone on bone. I want to see a bit of bone on bone today. You know that one. Start taking some bets <laughs> yeah. on fights in the change room. Plenty of cotton wool in the change room. You know, all the old cliches, all that stuff, you know. Um, yeah, so obviously, um, one of the things that you'll notice in, in football is players have like their own sort of weird pre-match rituals. Is there any is there any that you can think of that you've noticed or have you got any of your own pre-match rituals? Uh, I used to do the same sort of routine. I'd come in after the warm-up. I used to um, go in the toilet, do... Uh, Water on my face, water on the back of my neck. I used to put Vic up, up my nose for fun on the back of me, on the back of my neck and on my chest, and then get the smelling salts and then sniff them like literally like just lubing yourself fashion. right up for a and game. My eyes were on stalks, you know what I mean? Sniffing this, um, these smelling salts. So, but if we had a night game, it'd be a nightmare because I would literally go home, be sat in bed at three o'clock in the morning, and my eyes would be on stalks, <laughs> I couldn't sleep. You know what I mean? I'd be like, Mrs. McGann, go to sleep. I'd be like that, like, like a lunatic with wide eyes, you know what I mean? So, uh, a little thing that we've been doing with all of our guests um, on every episode is uh, we're calling it Top 4. So, it's, it's your favourite boots, favourite ground, yep. favourite kit and favourite goal. So, if you want to give us your, your favourite boots to begin with. Uh, probably, I had a pair of Hummel boots when I was at Tottenham. Um, they were like, I think they're Denmark, yeah. Danish, aren't they? They're from Denmark, uh, Hummel. And uh, they, they were sort of like the first time I'd ever seen them over here when Tottenham was sponsored by them for a few years. Um and we used to work at in the youth team. You used to have to do little jobs around the club. So one week you'd do the groundsman bit, another week you'd be in the offices helping out there, and another week you'd be at this Hummel factory helping out with the kit and that. So you used to try and sort of like yeah, yeah. swaz a couple of bits of Hummel. Do you know what I mean? Um, you, you go in there with your tracksuit, normal tracksuit on, you come out and you look like you put on about three stones. <laughs> you've got no tracksuits and tops underneath. I mean, everyone goes about the Copa Monday holes and like the really skinny no. Adidas. Well, I couldn't get my feet in them. Couldn't get my <laughs> like, monster munch my feet. Oh, what about your Perfect. what about your favourite ground for any reason that maybe you played your best games there or? I was, la- I was lucky. I played like you said at Wembley twice. Um, Did you play at the old Wembley? I take it in the yeah. playoff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I'm a traditionalist. I love. I love that. I was I grew up in West London and I used to in them days you can go and watch the England schoolboys play or whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a game at Wembley, you just pound the door. So I used to go down there quite a bit. So I used to love Wembley. Um but yeah, and I, I think it's a scandal where they never kept them twin towers, even if they just incorporated yeah, course, them into yeah. a gate or something. Do you know what I mean? It's a scandal. Uh I used to like the tight in ground. I used to like playing at QPR. I used to like playing at their ground because it's another ground that's really tight packed in. Fratton Park, like you yeah, say, is another tight packed in ground. Them must get better atmospheres at them kind of grounds. Yeah, I think a lot of them yeah, now... You lose the noise by the time it gets like West Ham's one now. It's miles away from the pit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's no, there's no atmosphere. There's no soul in it, I think. Um, and a lot of them, have, a lot of these people, who, you know, these stadium builders like Leicester and Southampton, I think were the same people. So if you actually go to Leicester's ground, 
and change the seats red, you, you could be in Southampton's ground, if you know what I mean. It's just exactly the same style. What about your favourite ever kit that you've well, I mean, It doesn't have to be one that you've worn, but um, yeah, favourite ever kit? Uh, well, yeah, I, I'd, um, we, I played, I was so lucky to play for the under 21s, England. We played a game, a tournament in France, and I managed to get uh, top tops with French top and it had a lovely white collar on it blue with the little cockerel thing on it and I, and I, I just wore it out every day I ruined it wore the time. <laughs> I ruined it I wore it out one summer just playing like with my mates and that going in the swimming pool and I've done that as well with the um, when Ponty played Liverpool in the semi-final I didn't actually play in the game but I, I knew a couple of Liverpool players and I uh, I said look can I nick, I said look can I nick top and shorts and that and they went yeah help yourself so I had to cut the shorts out of there and uh, and the top and uh, and we went um, we went on again because we uh, our physio had a deal with LucasAid and he said and LucasAid said to him every time one of our stickers gets on the telly if you go on we'll give you X amount of money and he was putting it in the players' pool so he went on he had it all over his bag all over <laughs> his back all over his hat he had like all these LucasAid stickers everywhere you know what I mean? every, he literally was running on with one in his hand I think. So we got a bit of money, and that's what we went to uh, went to Tenerife. We went to Tenerife on the end of season jolly up through all this money that we made for this Luke's Aid thing. And I wore the shorts and Liverpool shorts and that, and the Pompey ones as well from the semi final. I wore them in the pool. I ruined them. <laughs> yeah, mad, isn't it? And um, yeah, and then what about your your favourite ever goal? Uh, I've sent you the clip, and I. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's got to be the goal you put up on Instagram. Well, that, yeah, but that, that one there, like, that was in the youth team. That was 1988 when I was in the youth team. We used to go two years on the trot. We went to this tournament in Dusseldorf. The, the year before that, we had players like Vinny Sandways and that in the youth team. Then, you know, we got great players. We won it. We beat the Russian national youth team on penalties. The following year, we went there again. And I think that's when I scored that goal. I think it was 88. We got knocked out in the quarters or something. But um, I, I, I remember the goal. And we went back to the hotel that night and they showed it on the local telly. So I knew it was out there, and I've looked for years for it on YouTube, everything, couldn't find it, and I've just assumed it had lost. And then about three months ago, a bloke who played in the opposition team, German lad, made like friend request on Facebook, and he said, I've got the goal on tape. Do you remember this goal? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe you, like, you know what I mean? It's weird, isn't it? And he said that every year they meet up for a beer, his youth team players meet up for a beer every year. Reunion, <laughs> talk about that goal. Reunion. And he said, he said that we always talk about the goal. He said, because everyone just plays goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Be like having like divers boots on. Yeah, I said to him, once all this crap's over, I might try and get all our boys together. Because I've, I've sort of he, he sent a bit more footage as well of the of the game. So I said that I'll get all the boys together and maybe go over there, have a meet up, yeah, and have a class. beer. I'd love to go over there. I'd love to go over to Germany with the old beer festival and do that. I've never done it, but I'd love to go over there and have the old beer festival over there. Yeah. So that goal, obviously, what. You were playing centre back at the time, yeah, and you you just picked the ball up about what forty yards out. Off. Am I being generous? Yeah, but the funny thing with it, from what I can remember, I seem I, I thought I was more sort of towards the touchline with it. But I remember what happened. The reason why the reason why I've done it, I, to be honest, I didn't really. It weren't really a Cross. shot. It was. I thought there was a bloke closing me down from behind. I got a this man on, so I thought there was someone closing me down from behind. Was gonna, and I, and I, I thought I'd sort of done one of them cross shots, you know, where you think, it could be a cross. But look at it now. I'll just take all the credit for it. <laughs> but at the time, it definitely didn't, definitely didn't mean it. Um, yeah, but it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you again, mate. Worries, mate. Got some real good, real good content there. Um, yeah, so uh, this is going to be episode two. So episode three is going to be with Mark and Dave Diaper. As Rory calls them, the father and son. Uh, father and son. The son and father. Father and son duo at Shonen FC. Yeah, until then, we go again. Out the podcast. Out the podcast.